Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello and welcome again to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Opaluski. How are you today, John? Jim, I'm good. It's so good to have you back uh, yeah. podcasting together. I, uh, I uh, pinch hit for you a couple of pods and uh, I uh, appreciate what you do, obviously. <laughs> um, we, we got through them okay, but so glad to have you back. Yeah, it's good to be back. And for those who are praying for my wife, she had surgery. She's doing great. And uh, all the prayers were greatly appreciated. But it, it is good to be back on online with you again, uh, talking to people then on our Converge audience. So uh, I, I've taken a little break. This last month has been kind of a, a break in some ways. And, and in other ways, it's, it hasn't been a break because now I'm back. I know that today's topic really is kind of dealing with, with still like the people that actually get stuff done. And uh, so I want you to introduce our topic today, episode 90. Yeah, so the, the subject, uh, the topic is entitled, When Leadership Squeezes You. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, I, think, I think the Bible really has given us uh, plenty of examples, right, of leaders yeah. who God squeezed uh, very yeah. tightly and, uh, and what came out of them. And sometimes what came out of them was pretty good. And sometimes what came out wasn't so hot. Yeah. Um, uh, I was thinking back as I was getting ready for this. I was thinking back to my my uh, 20 years in the corporate world, Jim, and yeah. uh, we talked a lot in the corporate world, believe it or not, about the 80-20 rule. Of, have you ever sure. heard of that? The yeah, I, I never heard of it. We we observe it all the time. It seems to be somewhat universal. Yeah, that 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 had its foundation uh, with an Italian gentleman named Perito. His last name was uh, Perito. Yeah, and uh, he observed this principle in Italy and uh, it became known, it, it became assigned his name and, it, and it's the, we call it the 80-20 rule. Uh, yeah. It's also called the Pareto principle. Yeah. And in the corporate arena, essentially it was 80% of work is completed by 20% of your team. 80% yeah. of your revenue comes from 20% of your clients. 80% yeah. of your complaints come from 20%. Of your <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and, um, and as I was preparing for today, I was thinking about another principle uh, in scripture, and I, I call it the 50-20 okay. principle, but it has nothing to do with ratios. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, there's this fascinating scripture in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, uh, and it captures the words of Joseph, who is one of Jacob's 12 sons. This is such a well-known story. I think everybody who's listening has probably heard this story. Yeah. And in, in that verse of scripture, Joseph says to his brothers who threw him into a pit and then sold him into slavery because they were jealous of him. Right. Uh, he said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good right. to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Right. And, you know, so often as a leader, I think when challenges come our way, Jim, when trouble comes our way, um, there can be this tendency to not be able to see any good coming yeah. from it, right? Or, sure. God, why are you doing this to me? Why are you letting this happen? I've heard, I've actually heard this week, it's Monday, right? I've yeah. already heard that Yeah. Um, <laughs> this yeah. week from a leader, like, God, how could you let this happen? Yeah. Yeah. And, and what 
we think as a bad thing uh, in the uh, at the beginning, right? God is just this amazing genius who takes that and he allows us to be squeezed because he's got something wonderful that he wants to bring out the other side of that process. Right. Um, right. I, I'm pretty sure you've experienced that in oh, your personal yeah. life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's called a testimony, right? The, yeah. the worst things that ever happened to me once redeemed become some of the most treasured possessions in my soul. Uh, if it hadn't been for that season, I wouldn't be able to do this season sort of, sort of things. Yeah. And, and I think that that belief that God is able to take all things and, and, make them into something good when we love him or called according to his purposes. That, that takes a lot of faith. When you're in the middle of the recipe, yeah. you know, when you're, when you're making cookies and you have a mouthful of lard, that's not a cookie. That's not what I wanted. A mouthful of salt and a mouthful of baking powder and a mouthful of flour. Like cookies are terrible. Right. And then you, know, you put in the chocolate chips and the brown sugar and the molasses and it, and then you bake them. And there's this beautiful thing called the chocolate chip cookie, but it's made out of individual pieces that are unpalatable, you know, as, as they go into the bowl. Yeah. And I think if I if I respect anybody in the Old Testament, it would be Joseph, right? Because yeah, he had a lot of curveballs thrown at him, right? His his brothers are jealous of him. He's daddy's favorite. They they throw him into this pit. They sell him into slavery. They tell their dad that he had been killed. Um, I mean, think about how'd you like to grow up in that family, right? Just the yeah, right. <laughs> Eleven siblings that don't like you. Um, yeah. And he ends up in Egypt, right? And he gets, to, somehow he, he gets to Potiphar's house. Maybe Potiphar bought him uh, yeah. as a servant and he excels there. And, but things don't go well there. Potiphar's wife right. tries to seduce him and he, he runs away from her and she lies about the whole thing and yeah. he gets tossed into prison. Yeah. He excels in prison. <laughs> uh, he finally gets out of prison and he becomes second in command, right? And it's just this amazing story of a guy who, who was squeezed, right? Joseph got squeezed by his family. He got squeezed by the uh, false accusations, you know, and I know that never really happens to leaders, right? That just, <laughs> <clears throat> we can't relate, right? No, it has to be true. Or they won't put it on social media. That's, that's <laughs> the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and there's something fascinating that's repeated several times as that story unfolds. And it's these words, the Lord was with him. Yeah. Wow. The Lord was with Joseph. Yeah. And, um, and it's, it's just this amazing story of a guy that took a lot of hits yeah. and he came out uh, polished. He came out a great leader and he didn't allow the squeezing to destroy him. Uh, as a matter of fact, it, it set him up to be second in command and um, God used him to save uncounted lives right through a famine because the Lord showed him that famine was on the way. Just an incredible story, right? Incredible story. Yeah. It's funny. I hear a story like that. So why, why couldn't um, why couldn't have you gone to Egypt and gotten a job and, right. and just gone to work him in the vice president? Why did That's all how I would have done it? I would. Yeah, you know, if I was God, I would have done it like that. That just makes yeah. more sense. It's more logical. It's faster. Right, right. There must there must be something. I mean, it certainly is a foreshadowing of Jesus, and certainly yeah. is a lesson to everybody that thinks they've got it so bad. 
you mm-hmm. compare your life to his and suddenly your older brothers look pretty good. Yeah. You know, your boss looks pretty good. Your government looks pretty good. Your, you know, the injustice doesn't look nearly as unjust, but I, I think, I think there's something that God does that he can only do right through the fires, through the trials, through the betrayals. I, th- I think all those dots connect at one time or another as they did in Joseph's life. And yeah. if, you, if you give up in the middle as God's drawing the dots, you never get to see the, the picture, you know? Yeah. And, and so that 50, 20 principle, yeah. you intended it for evil, yeah. but God intended it for good. Here's the way I paraphrase that. Um, yeah. It's that God can transform our brokenness and pain into something life-giving and good. If, if we cooperate with him. Yeah. Yep. And so when, when leadership squeezes you, I want you to know, and I think, Jim, you would echo this, all is not lost. Right. As a matter of fact, something good is probably on the horizon. Yeah. Um, but, but it's hard to see that uh, when you're in the middle of, of the vice. And, and I'm telling you, lead pastoring is the ultimate, at least in my life, the, was the ultimate bench vice. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. You know, Jim, there's just the, there's a lot of things that squeeze a pastor, right? There's, there's that, just that ongoing sense of weight and responsibility in the world, yeah. right? There's, uh, so, and I said earlier, sometimes we get accused improperly, you know, like our mo- people question our motives. Sometimes they question our, our behavior. Um, sometimes people expect lead pastors to be proficient in 15 things. Yeah. And, yeah. And you can get squeezed, right, just by the demands of the role. And, and I think that it's not difficult for a lead pastor, especially. And in, in, in I think the squeezing happens on not just in the lead pastor role. It happens in the other roles, too. But I've never have had other roles in a yeah. church. Lead pastor role was very unique in that sense of pressure that I, I felt that. Jim, would you agree with that? Was that your I, I would. I, I think that when you're the senior pastor, everything is your your responsibility on some level. So youth pastors, certainly they have parents, they have a boss, they have the boss's board, they have, you know, but they don't have the overall budget. They don't have the overall board. They don't have the overall congregation. They, you know, if they're really good at what they do and they're passionate about it, they, they think that they're being treated poorly because why does the children's pastor get what I didn't get? And mm-hmm. you're, you're stuck really juggling as many balls as you can, spinning as many plates as you can, and then trying to come home and be a husband and a father or, a, you know, a mother and a wife. It's, right. it is, uh, I, I think the problem is it's absolutely endless and, and we have to have enough common sense to end it. Like as you've taught many times to end it, there's a, there's a hard cut. I'm done at this time of the day. I go home with this attitude. I, I, I separate those worlds, but it, it's, it's, it's more natural not to. That's why you have to teach us to do it <laughs> because yeah. naturally we would want to continue to work and, and destroy other things around us. So it, it is, it's a weight like none other. And really that's me soft selling it because if you think about what we're actually doing, it is an eternal consequence or an eternal reward for those Yep. Um, it's healing or death, it's deliverance or addiction, it's right. heaven or hell. And there, there is, it's not making a quota on sales. It's not manufacturing a new widget. It's a, it's in a league all by itself. And I think that's where we have to be very careful not right. to believe that we do what only God can do. And we trust him to do what we can't and go yep. home at the end of the day, you know? So, so 
the question I think, or what I'd really like us to focus on in the last several minutes that we have here, Jim, is, you know, how do I cooperate with God, right? In this process of him squeezing me yeah. and, and him trying to bring something beautiful out of that. I mean, we know God will do his part. I mean, he is absolutely ultimately trustworthy and yes. we know that he'll, he'll do his part in the equation. Uh, but I don't know that I always can count on me to do my part. And yeah. um, so I want to talk about what our part is in that equation. So when leadership is squeezing us, yeah. and we know in a lot, conceptually, okay, God, you're up to something. You're trying to grow something in me, help me to develop and mature. How do I cooperate in that process? Because right. if I don't cooperate, I don't think I get the benefit. Right. And we get to do it all over again sometime soon. Oh, yes. I know. And uh, <laughs> right. I've done I've, I've run around the same mountain several times. Um, so yeah, it's not getting thing. taller. It's not getting taller. We're just burning a rut. You know, I swear <laughs> our path is getting deeper. The mountain's not getting taller. So let I just want to share real quick four things I think that will help us Great. Um, as leaders to do our part. So here's the first one is to tell ourselves out loud. That God is with us, even when we're being squeezed. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that phrase "the Lord was with Joseph" appeared while he was in it, while he was in prison. Right. The Lord right. was with Joseph, even in that horrible spot, and yeah. and God reassures us in Hebrews. He says, "I'll never leave you. I'll right. never forsake you." And and there were times as a lead pastor, Jim, where I was being squeezed so tight that I felt as though God wasn't with me, right? right? It, I didn't have the emotion of his nearness to me, but the truth is he was there the entire time. Sure. Even when I thought you've left me out here to get beat up by people or yeah. beat up by the rule. So uh, that's the first thing. What do you think about that one? I, I think that our brains do not respond well when, when what neuroscientists call cognitive dissonance, when yeah. what I'm doing does not make sense. So yeah. what you have to have is something they call continuity of narrative. It, it has to all make sense. So there's moments that don't make sense, but they all, but, but affirming that this all makes sense, that God is able to take all things, you know, that God is with me, that he who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete it, but I am the head, not the tail. That I'm the apple of God's eye. He's carved me in the palm of his hand. Are those, yeah. I mean, you see what David does. He says, my life is terrible. My enemies are prospering. This isn't any fair, but I will praise your name for you are worthy and I will trust mm -hmm. you. You know, I think, I think it's okay to, to sing the blues as long as you end with worship um, yeah. before God. So that if you don't, then it's just the blues and, right. and you, that's not good for anybody, but, uh, but confess your pain is, is proper. Yeah. And sometimes I need somebody to remind me too. Um, yeah. I need, I need you in my life, Jim, to tell me it's going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That you, you see the fingerprints of God on what's going on in, yeah. in my situation. I was just having a conversation uh, uh, today <clears throat> with a young pastor. You're just going through it, just really going through it, Jim. And as I listened to his story, it reminded me of my story. I, I, you became a lead pastor at age 29. I became a lead pastor yeah. at age 29, very young age. And um, just the, uh, I could, and because of that experience that we went through, and I have a lot of years on this young man, yeah. I see the fingerprints of God on this thing. Now he's looking at it like, this is a disaster. <laughs> you know? 
Yeah. Get me out of here type of thing. Get me out of this, what I'm in. And I'm saying God is up to something in your life. Yeah. That is going to be wonderful when you can look at it through the rear view mirror. Right. But he's with you. He's not abandoned you in this. So I think that's one thing. That's part of our part is to say that. I think it's too, that helps. But I think the painful stuff deserves a reaction, but the painful Mm -hmm. stuff can't be your, your conclusion. The conclusion has to be faith. So it's okay to say I'm confused. I'm scared. I'm frustrated. I'm discouraged God, but you know, that saying it out loud, but I know that you are with me. I know that you sent me here. I know that I'm standing on promises. I know that, you know, I, I won't, I will finish someday, but I will not quit. I I promise. I give you my word as you giving me yours. I will be faithful to that. I think those confessions, I, I think, again, you say, this doesn't hurt. It's no big deal. I'll get through this. Well, it, it does hurt. Mm-hmm. You might not get through this if that's the way you're going to deal with it. But being honest with God, with yourself, with a counselor, with a friend, um, but, but then also, but it has to end. Every, the natural inclination of complaints because of pain is normal. It just can't be your conclusion. There has to be a better conclusion. That conclusion is, but isn't God faithful? I wonder how you going to take all these ingredients and make chocolate chip cookies out of it. Yeah. So I think that's a really important part of the, of our part uh, of the puzzle here. Second one is to maintain, maintain integrity when it would be easy not to. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. So, you know, Joseph, let's use him as the example. He refuses the sexual advances of Potiphar's wife. Yeah. And, you know, I think in that moment he could have told himself when Mrs. Potiphar was throwing herself at him, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, God, I've had it rough. You gave me these dreams that said that at one time my brothers would be bowing down to me. My, yeah. my, even my parents would be bowing down to me. Um, and look, look what's happened to me. So what difference, God, does it make if I resist this temptation or not? Right. Well, he didn't do that. Right. He did a 180 and he ran away from her. And for this 50-20 principle to work, it's so important not to cave into our disappointment, our 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 pain, our anger and say, God, you've, you know, you've not treated me right. So this, this scenario has presented itself to me. Why does it matter? Joseph didn't do that. Right. He maintained his integrity. I think that's an important piece of the puzzle. I I think too, if you're looking for justice, this is everything in my life has been unfair. So if if you're going to victimize me by buying me as a slave, I'm going to victimize you by destroying your marriage. And uh, you know, that's what you get for messing with me kind of thing. Really great point. Yeah. He, he, to maintain the honor of that man's marriage when that man bought him as a slave, mm-hmm. it's, it's really, he's a pretty extraordinary guy. It really is incredible. You know, and I've never really thought about it from that angle. And that just, that just adds more impressiveness, you know, to what, yeah. what happened there. Let me give you the other two real quick, Jim, because yeah. we're starting to butt up against time. Okay. Um, at the third piece of our, uh, our responsibility in these kinds of situations when we're being squeezed is to believe our steps are ordered by God. Now we already kind of t- touched on that, yeah. but it was so fascinating to me. Every time I read this, I get refascinated all over again. When Joseph's, Joseph's brothers came to him for food, he, he said this to him. He said, it wasn't you who sent me here, but God. <laughs> yeah. And I want to go back to the people in my past who I allowed to mistreat me yeah. and say, you know what? You thought you were doing me wrong and you were, yeah. but God had another plan in mind. He used that to squeeze brokenness out of my life. Yeah. And I'm doing today what I'm doing 
because I got hurt and I was wounded by people that shouldn't, I, I felt should have not done that to me. Um, and my, so I can see the beautiful ordering of my steps of God, even through my pain. You know, so for Jim, when I was in the darkest days of my depression, um, I felt cut off from God, but, yeah, sure. but I wasn't, you know, I thought my life was over, but it wasn't over. Um, I, in the middle of that dark tunnel, I saw no possible good coming from it but god had this amazing plan um that i had no clue about in the middle of all that mess uh give me a, give me some feedback on that one real quick and you just come again i how do you how do you teach somebody that you, you know how, how does one prisoner look at another and say but hey th isn't this great this is going to be a, something that god uses for the rest of our life i i think there has to be an overall trust like you're saying in the faithfulness of god Mm -hmm. um, and that he's ordering your steps because, you know, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, right? Painful. But for those who've been trained by it, it produces this harvest that comes later on. So basic training was not a joy for me, you know, for the <laughs> army, but, it, but it's, it's born dividends the rest of my life, 30 some years later, learning that I, where I, what I thought my limits were, were not even close to my limits and remembering that in every relationship and every, training scenario and ever ever since I realized that when I'm when pain tells me to stop I'm only about halfway there if you've pushed well enough so I I, I think you know, my, my wife had a really terrible childhood and uh, she was she was telling me the other day this other day like years ago the older you get the more the other day is a decade ago but the other day she said I, I, I wish I so I wish I had a time machine I could go back and rescue you from that she goes oh I if you ever make a time machine don't do that because that was what that was the crucible where, where things were purified. I now have abilities. I can tell when people are lying because I lied to people for years about what was happening in my home. I, I, I know when people are hurting and they're, they're, they're masking it because I would live behind a mask. I, I would have no ability to help people the way that I get to today if it hadn't been for living the hell that I went through. And I, I, I remember going, what? She's like, yeah, if you've been a design machine, don't change my life. It's what God used to make me me. And I, I get to you know help people with it. I was, I get it, but I, you know, love says rescue them. And, and Jesus yeah. did. He rescued her. And now she's rescuing others. You know, that's. And I want leaders to hear that. Yeah. That I know that there are some listening today and you were going through a very difficult time. Yeah. Right. Look, if you belong to Jesus, your steps are ordered. Yeah. It might not feel like it. It might not look like it. It might not play out the way you had originally planned. But God has something amazing that he wants to craft out of your pain. Yes. Yeah. And use it to make you more effective, a better person, a deeper person, yeah. uh, a more complete character. So hang in there, uh, yeah. get help if you need it. Right. And, and there's nothing wrong with raising your hand saying, I need help processing this stuff. But, but I'm telling you, God is the master. He does this every day, yeah. thousands of times a day. <laughs> he, he does this all the time. Let me give you one more, Jim, and then we got to. We got we to gotta rock and roll. Uh, here's the last one. You're not going to like it if you're listening today, but I'm going to say it anyway. And that is forgive those who've hurt you. Yes. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and I think I can hear people objecting to that. Yeah. Saying, John, you don't know, Jim, you don't know what that board member did to me. Right. You don't know what that church member said to me. Yeah. And you know what? You're right. We don't know. 
But here's what we do know that bitterness will imprison you in your pain. Forgiveness will propel you not only toward healing, it will propel you toward your future. It will propel you towards that dream God has placed in your heart. You know, Joseph eventually forgave his brothers. And I'm sure it took him time to get there. I don't think that was an instantaneous thing necessarily. I think it took him some time and process. Um, And I don't know if he had outside help other than the Lord. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us if he did or not. But if you're struggling to process things that have happened to you that were injurious, get some help. Um, And and if I could say one more thing, Jim, and I'm going to have you wrap this up here. Before, if you're listening today, before you move, on with your day, would you pause for a minute and invite God to do a 50-20 on your greatest pain? And then ask him to take that squeezing you're you're dealing with and transform it into something life-giving and good. You know, Joseph's brokenness was transformed into his legacy. Yes. And that was the saving of many lives. Yeah. That's, you know, the, the book that we wrote together, putting the good in goodbye. One of the greatest pains that pastors face is when people say, see ya, or they, they don't say, see ya, they just take off. And you wonder, you know, I went to that open house. I, I paid your mortgage. I counseled your marriage. And then, you know, there's a new McDonald's in town. So you, you stop eating here. You know, that kind of thing. It's, it's painful, but I, that it's, that's the sort of thing we're talking about, isn't it? It's, it's the, you and I both experienced a lot of pain through the years, learned how to deal with that pain. And now we go back to help other people coming through pain. I, it reminds me of second Corinthians chapter uh, one, the, the God of all comfort who comforts us in all of our afflictions so that we can comfort others with the same comfort that we've received. That's right. Now, I will not be able to take many things with me to heaven. I won't take these glasses. I won't take this shirt. I won't take that bulldog over there. You know what I mean? But I, I will take the comfort that God gave me in this life and it's mine forever. It's my testimony. It's what he's done in my life. And that cannot begin when I still behave as if I have the right to be God. I will bring justice. I will bring vengeance. I will bring, right. it just, when you make room for God, he's just so much better at being God than I ever was. Yep. Uh, eventually you, you have to resign from the positions that are his alone. And I, I, it, it's funny. It's almost a somber. Like we need to have organ music playing in the background, right? The altar call. Cause it, it, this is hard though. The yep. hardest part about pastoring is people because mm-hmm. they, they hurt you. Um, and yet, man, to move forward, you, sometimes you have to let go of the past. There's no other way forward. You can go no farther into the future than you can let go of the past. That's so, right. That's so yeah, good. Thank you. thank you for your wisdom today. And I know that we're looking at uh, the next one, shaping the culture you need. I think we're going to take one or two looking at this because culture is powerful. And I would just say this. If your culture is based on unforgiveness and human justice and man, then you're going to learn a lot. <laughs> Like Mark Twain said, I knew a man who picked up a cat by the tail and and learned lessons that can only be learned in such ways. Like you are, you are literally going to get bit and scratched and everything else, or you can learn mercy and and you'll create a culture of mercy, which is a safe place for everybody to grow. So John, thank you so much for uh, pod number 90. You believe that? 90. Now move on to 90. So God bless you, our dear listeners and watchers. Uh, You're why we do this. And we hope this blesses you. If it blesses you, press a like, press a share, pass it on to a friend, and we hope to see you again soon as we continue to lead from a life.